The author of John's first letter tells us that God's love for us is so great that we are children of God. Not that we are like children of God, but that we are children of God. Did you hear that? You're all children. Well, some might not necessarily like the idea of being considered children, even children of God. Often it is the case that we resist nomenclature that implies such a dependent relationship as some kind of overbearing paternalism. It can be a rather slippery slope to allow oneself to be considered someone's child versus your own person. But being childlike is very different than being childish. Childish implies an immature self-centeredness Whereas to be childlike has more to do with simplicity and getting to the core of our unadulterated being and identity. Children can readily provide us with examples of both that immature childishness and also the purity, the trusted clarity of the childlike, and occasionally they can exemplify both. Alexander Sanders, the chief judge of the South Carolina Court of Appeals, gave the commencement address at the University of South Carolina several years ago. Unfortunate for her, his daughter Zoe was a member of the class. Sanders, of course, had to tell a story about Zoe. What parent would pass up that opportunity? Sanders said that when Zoe was three, he came home to find the household in chaos and crisis. Zoe's pet turtle had died. And she was crying as if her heart would indeed break. Zoe's mother had dealt, dealt with all the other daily crises and left this one, of course, to dad. Frankly, Sanders felt like this was beyond the ability of a mere lawyer politician. He said, the mysteries of life and death are difficult enough for adults. But explaining this to a three-year-old was beyond his ability. But of course, he's dad, so he tried. First, he made the obvious argument that they would just get another turtle, just like the one who had died. I know you tried this angle before. <laughs> but Zoe, of course, saw right through that. Even at three years old, she was smart enough to know that every living thing is different. There was no such thing as another turtle just like the one who was gone. And so in desperation, Sanders said, tell you what, we'll have a funeral for the turtle. 
Now, I've had a lot of those, turtles, cats, dogs. Of course, being three, Zoe didn't even know what a funeral was, so he tries to explain. He used the old trial lawyer's maneuver that if you can't win the argument at hand, take off on something completely beside the point. So he explained that a funeral was a great festival that would be in honor of the turtle. Of course, she didn't know what that meant either. So he tries again. He says, well, it's kind of like a birthday party. And they would have cake and ice cream and balloons, and she could have all her friends over. Well, now that started clicking. Finally, Zoe's tears began to dry up, and she began, became her happy, smiling self again. She was filled with joy at the prospect of what was about to happen, all because the turtle had died. And then, as is often the case, a completely unforeseen thing happened. They looked down, and lo and behold, the turtle began to move. <laughs> he wasn't dead after all. And in a few seconds, was back to his old self, crawling away as lively as ever. And for once, a politician was at a loss for words. But not his daughter. Zoe, at three, appraised the situation perfectly. And Sanders said that while this incident had taken place 20 years before, he remembered it like it was yesterday. With all the innocence of her tender years, Zoe looked up at her father and said, Daddy, let's kill it. <laughs> Yes. Yes, there is that selfish child self-centeredness here in Zoe. But the story is also so very appealing because it depicts that simple, unadulterated clarity that only a child can somehow achieve, cutting straight to the heart of the matter. So often, children have this candid grace that enables them to see and state the obvious with disarming candor. The author of 1 John is inviting us to come to God with that same childlike approach, sheer and fresh and oh-so-honest. Children do this very naturally until they grow older and we beat it out of them. But here, we are invited to consider our relationship with God, not just with blind trust or blessed ignorance, but with hope. A hope that lies in our realization of who Jesus Christ is.
Yes, the world does not realize or understand who Jesus Christ is. Therefore, it's impossible for them to understand who we are and what we're about if we're really practicing Christians. Christians, yes, are indeed an odd and peculiar people. We tend to perplex the world. And at our best, we do that with the simple, candid clarity of children. When Peter and John healed the lame man at the gate of the city, the people were bowled over with astonishment. And so Peter says to them, You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have somehow made him to walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, who God raised from the dead. He said, it's not us doing that. It is what God is doing by faith through us. The world out there will not come to know and understand God because we've wordsmith the perfect doctrinal statement of our belief in the existence of God, they'll come to know when they see and experience Jesus the Christ oozing out of the pores of our skin as we live out the hope and the unconditional everlasting love of God when they see lives healed and transformed by God's love lived out in this parish church, when we can stand here as a faith community with arms wide open and as simply as a child say, whoever you are, whatever you've done, no matter what you think or how different you may be, we are not afraid to welcome you here. God's love is enough, and it casts out all fear. See what the love of God has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Amen.